might be with you. Read from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled to Samaria and Galilee. And as he was entering a village, ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, So show yourselves to the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing he had been healed, returned glorifying God in a loud voice, and he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. The gospel of the Lord. Have you heard the story of a barber? And one day a man walks in, sits down, gets his hair cut. And the barber says, well, what do you do for a living? He says, oh, I'm a rabbi. The barber says, oh, you're a man of God. The haircut's on me. The next day the barber comes to work with a bottle of wine and a thank you card at his front door of his business. Later on, a Baptist preacher comes and cuts his hair. The barber asks, what do you do? And he says, well, I'm a Baptist minister. And he goes, oh, you're a man of God. The haircut's on me. Next day, the barber comes to work. Wow, card, saying thank you. Then one day, a Catholic priest comes. <laughs> and the barber says, Oh, what do you do for a living? And he goes, Oh, I'm a Catholic priest. And the barber says, Oh, you're a man of God. The haircut's on me. Next day, the barber comes to work. And there's ten more Catholic priests in line. <laughs> Today's readings are about the proper response to the gift that God gives. In the first reading, it might be a little hard to understand, but Naaman is cured, and he wants to give the prophet Elisha thank you. Correctly, the prophet Elisha, knowing that the cure came from God, will not take the thank you. And so, Naaman asked for two mule loads of dirt. We don't really understand what that means, but what it means is that it was the belief that in order to offer proper sacrifice, you had to do it on the land of Israel. So he wanted to take some of Israel's land back to his country to give Yahweh thanks and praise and hope. He had the right response. In the Gospel, the one leper who comes back kneels down in front of Jesus and gives him thanks. And 
you can interpret also praise. He is giving God thanks the mystical interpretation because the other ones were going to the temple where they worshipped God. The one who came back, unlike Naaman, who couldn't give praise to Elisha because it was God, when the leper comes back and kneels in front of Jesus, Jesus would not have taken credit unless he was also acknowledging that he was God. And so this man gave God, recognized God in Jesus, thanks for praise, his hope in Christ. This little introduction, this silly little story or joke about the barber, does remind me of how we, but certainly I, sometimes respond to all God's gifts. How about you? Take a hand testimony. You don't have to raise your hand, but has God given any one of you a gift, a miracle, answered prayer? How many people have recognized the gift from God? Praise the Lord. Now, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I, God, I want this, God, I want that. And when I get it, yeah, thank you. Okay, now, God, I want this. I want this. Okay. And now I tell you what else I want you to do for me. We can fail to be grateful. Because ultimately, God loves us. He, does, he wants to give us gifts, but it's not about the gift. My parents know this. It's about the love of the one you're giving the gift to and the love of the gift giver. And God wants us to know of his power and his love and his care for us and that we can always count on him if he is good, loving, and generous. And if we just focus on the gift, we forget that. And so a central part of our Catholic faith is to give God thanks and praise. How do I know that? Because in theology class, I learned that the source and the summit of our faith is the Eucharist. Have you heard that before? The Eucharist in Greek means thanksgiving. Parts of this liturgy, we're going to say things like, it is right to give God thanks and praise. When we come to this sacrifice, we make a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise. And that fundamental attitude is an essential part of our spirituality. And it requires humility, right? I just think I've earned all these gifts myself. The humility to recognize that there is another who is greater and more powerful who gives us these gifts. The attitude of gratitude, excuse the cliche, is powerful. And gratitude is a powerful line. It's not so much how we react to the things of the world. It's more about how we perceive the things of the world. Think about that. Gratitude doesn't spring from good things happening to us. Gratitude helps us to see the good in things happening. 
that's a powerful difference. Here's a silly example. You might allow me to get silly for a second. Trivia. But you know how much I love golf. And so, Wednesdays I like to go golf. And I have a relationship now that I golf with. And one of them is my friend in fifth grade. And I hope he's not listening. Because he will from time to time. But, he gets angry. And he'll be sometimes throwing his club, getting all upset, storming, saying things we shouldn't say. Now, I'm not perfect, don't mind. Don't pretend that I am perfect. But at the end of the day, after all that stress, all that complaining, he adds up his scorecard, and he almost always beats everyone else in the course. And I tell you, I can't help but think, wow, was all that complaining and all that stress really worth it? I would be happy to be as good of a golfer as he is, yet he's complaining all the time. It looks silly to another person for someone to behave that way. But think about how God sometimes looks at us in our lives. Right? It's going to work out in the end. God's promised that. There's so many things about our lives that we complain about. We're stressed out. We're angry. We're resentful. We're jealous of others. And in the end, is it really worth it? In this part of the world, I know we do suffer much, and I'm aware. I hear that. We can spare many of the suffering we go through. But no matter what we've got it like, especially, there's more than half the world that would be dying to be in our shoes if they could. And so, having that grateful heart is really an important part of our spirituality. Not only is it an important part of our spirituality, scientific studies have shown that it's even helpful. A study that I referenced for this homily says that gratefulness opens more doors for us. Gives us more opportunity, both in life situations and in relationships. It's been proven that those who are grateful in general have better health, both physical and psychological. Those who are grateful have greater empathy for others and are less aggressive. Those who are grateful tend to sleep better and have better self-esteem. And better self-esteem helps us perform life tasks more gracefully. And so, it is good science, but it's also important spirituality. And give God thanks and praise for all we have. And I know what means sometimes is hard, but it's a good practice to give a sacrifice of praise every morning, and to pray, and to think of at least one thing to give God thanks for, and then to remember that throughout the day, not to pass on asking for something else, as the Catholic priest said, but to thank God and to have that a part of our awareness of God's gift to us. And sometimes, again, it can be hard to find something. I know that when we're 
suffering, we have illnesses, financial problems, relationship problems. It's too hard to find something. Here's something we all have, no matter who we are, no matter what's happened to us. The greatest gift that God has given us, the gift that alone is enough, but we often fail to meditate upon, is the gift of salvation God has given us in Jesus Christ. You see, we were all like those ten lepers. We all had terminal illness. We are all scarred by sin. And that sin causes alienation and suffering. God joins us in Christ Jesus. Truly God, truly man. To join us in that suffering and let us know that the gift giver, the one who's given us the gift of life, has also redeemed us. And he's with us. And he's going to get us through it. And no matter what happens to us in this life, our faith gives us eternal life. It will all work out in the end. And a lot of what we stress about isn't worth it. doesn't mean we don't suffer. We are never alone when we're suffering. He sets us free by His grace, His gift of redemption. And in this Eucharist, his life, death, and resurrection, that saving sacrifice, the greatest gift is present. The Eucharist is, we believe, I believe, the one sacrifice of Christ present through all time and space. And we come forward and receive. We pray and give ourselves with Jesus as a sacrifice to God and pour out our life in service to others. We come forward just like that one leper on a knee. Praise God and give Him thanks. And then we become what we receive. Christ for others. We become Eucharist. And that gratitude, that attitude shapes how we see the world and how we respond. And then, the greatest miracle, we let think about, oh God, what can you do for us? But more God, what can I do for you?